Hello, Tessa. Hi, Tom. How are you today? I'm doing well. It is a cool, foggy day in Maricopa. It's very foggy. You can hardly see the mountains. Yep. So what are we going to talk about today? We are going to talk about tools. Cruel tools. Cruel tools. <laughs> well, that's debatable. Especially the whip. The whip. Oh my goodness. That's yes. the one that gets brought up. Like, I can't believe. I like what you do with horses, but why do you use a whip? Yes. Inevitably, that will come up either during a, a seminar, although not, not as frequently, um, but online a lot in yeah. comments. It's not uncommon to post a video and have some comment about a whip and why am I using a whip when the horses are doing so well. Yes, or just a passive comment about, you know, I hate whips or I don't like it when people use whips or oh, yeah. whips are cruel or, yeah. you know, can't you do it without using a whip? And there's this assumption that if you're using a whip and we're calling it a whip, we call it a training stick. We don't call it a whip, but. But that's not in a attempt that, yeah, to avoid. Yeah, I was going to say that's not, it's not to avoid calling it a whip. It's just we don't whip our horses with the whip, so we call it a training stick. But the assumption is. For some people that if you're carrying a stick or a training stick or a whip that you're beating your horse yeah or at least that seems to be the conclusion they're very willing to draw yeah and we're going to call this we're going to call this uh episode and energy or enemy because the whip to us is just energy yes and what's the point like, energy is neither cruel or kind. It just is. It just is. And you know how a common phrase in training to try to explain to people how the, the stick isn't cruel, they'll say it's just an extension of my hand. And I think anyone who's critical of a stick for the fact that it's a stick shouldn't be offended by that explanation because really an extension of the hand still doesn't dismiss whether or not it's cruel. Right, because if the hands are cruel, the tool is cruel. Yeah. And that follows with a bit, that follows with spurs. I mean, uh -huh. just because the tool is being used does not mean it's being used in a way that is cruel. Right. And yeah, I mean, I it, I would hope that most people realize that, but it, it that uh, that is not the case. There are some assumptions being made, at least in our experience, there are. Yeah, and I want to I want to touch on the the aspects of these tools. You know, I think anything we say about the the training stick or the whip can be applied to the other tools, because again, if you break it down. It's really the use of energy. And what is the purpose of energy when we're using it? And you know what I do to the training sticks that I have. Every one of them, they come with a cracker at the end of the whip and that's what makes the cracking sound. Mm -hmm. Because when you whip a whip and you get that cracking sound that's the cracker at the end breaking the sound barrier so of course if that hits somebody it's going to sting it's gonna sting and of course if you 
swing a stick at a person or an animal, it's, that's going to hurt even without it. So the idea, what I do is I take off that cracker and I put a ribbon on the end. So that ribbon is a, an extra energy that can be seen mm -hmm. instead of just relying on the sound of a crack of a whip. So I'm sure maybe you can list some advantages of the energy of a ribbon on the end of a stick, or at least the mechanisms at play. Like what, what's, why is that useful? Well, it's an attention getter. It's something that they can sense. They can see it, they can hear it. Yeah. They can feel it if it brushes them. Um, and it's a way for us to get their attention and motivate them to move without having to be within reach of them, which is sometimes not just not where we are and sometimes not where we want to be, yeah. depending on the situation. So, And I'd even I like go an, further and say it's not even necessarily to get them to move. It's for their attention. Yeah. And sometimes we're asking them to move. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we're asking something completely different. Yep. I didn't mean to interrupt there. You were in the middle of that. Oh, no. I was just going to say, I liken it to the baton that a conductor uses when they're conducting. Yeah. That's a, that's a great analogy because that's a stick. Yep. And what does, what's that used for? You know, and... That is used to qualify, clarify the manner in which the conductor is asking the musicians to play whatever they're supposed to play. Am I correct in that? I'm not a musician. Yeah, it but is. There's, and a quali it, uh, there's subtleties and qualities that he's conveying with well, the use of that stick. For one thing, the stick is easier to see. Yep. It's uh it can it can communicate a precision with that energy and that energy is often used to not only communicate a tempo a rhythm mm -hmm. but also the greater space it encompasses with with the movement coincides with the amount of volume that is requested so those tiny movements mm -hmm. are usually quieter moments mm -hmm. and the larger movements are louder so moments. energy again so that again it's a, it's it's a it's not saying what to do as much as it's saying how, how to, to do, do it. it yeah and that's very important so did we do that one yet no this one can no. go over there with it so that's it that's that's the big that's how we use it the stick or as some critics would say, the whip, the horse whip that we're using, isn't telling the horse what to do. It's saying, most of the time, it's saying how to do it. Mm -hmm. So if we're saying we want to have this interaction of where we trot together or, or move forward together, we give the cue for moving forward together. Mm -hmm. And then we say, but we want to move forward together with this kind of energy. 
your body energy communicates that, just like the conductor's arms communicate that. Mm -hmm. But the stick is even clearer. It brings an extra energy and precision to it. And so I really like the example of a conductor. Oh, Oreo is, Oreo is so cute. Hi, buddy. He's giving you kisses there. Hi, buddy. Oh, he's thanking you for his food. But I think that's just a beautiful and perfect example of how a tool should be used with the animals. Mm -hmm. That is not to say that it can't be used in a cruel way. Right. But once again, the stick is an extension of your arm. Mm -hmm. And if you have a cruel arm or a cruel hand, you have a cruel stick. Yep. If you Just have like a kind arm or a kind hand, you have a kind stick. Just like if you have cruel hands, doesn't matter what bit you're using, you can damage a horse's mouth. Yep. And if you have cruel legs, the spurs can damage your horse. Yep. But if you have kind and compassionate legs, you'll a spur can um, communicate a precision mm -hmm. and an energy without causing pain. Yeah. You know, I've seen that too with the bits. Like the the there are people out there who thinks think any bit is cruel and painful because mm -hmm. it's metal. Well, all right, a spoon in your mouth is cool that, or cruel because it's metal too. Yeah. R really? Yep. So it really ignores a lot. Yeah, there's a how. Not there's just how. that it's used, how it's used. That's everything. Yeah. Which could be said of any tool. I mean. So that's really yeah. in the important part with the tools is to communicate a clarity yep. and an energy. And also, there's another aspect of tools like the training stick especially. This is very, this is probably specific for the training stick, but you can only occupy so much space with your body and your arms. Right. And horses are so sensitive to energy naturally, if that's not trained out of them, that they'll notice when energy is occupying a space mm -hmm. and they will communicate to each other ownership of space. Yep. They'll do it with their, with their body language and. Yep. And their tails. And their a tails. Swishing, a swishy tail. Even a, they'll toss their head, you know. Yep. Whatever it is, they're communicating an ownership of space. Human nature is to, to do the wrong thing to communicate what they really want right. in terms of horse behavior. And when a horse is encroaching on human space and they want the horse to move out of the space, it's very common for the human to step back and away from the horse, which that invites doesn't, them in. You know, yeah. That doesn't mean move away to a horse. Nope. It's you're giving up space. And so you can use your stick energy to say, yeah, my body only encompasses this amount of space, but I want a big enough bubble around me so that we have a safety buffer. Mm -hmm. And you can communicate that by owning the space with the stick energy. And it's very effective 
And I would say when you're not clear with the horse what you want, that lack of clarity can actually be cruel. Yeah. Because... Well, it's very anxiety-provoking. Yeah, and it's not fair. It's like, wait, you're stepping back and you're wanting me out of your space? That The horse doesn't know that. Now I have a dangerous horse. Yep. And now they're treating their horse differently, but really they caused the issue by not being clear. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess that, that brings us to a topic we'll probably do a whole podcast on, which is boundaries. Mm-hmm. Tools are useful in defining boundaries. Indeed. So, but once again, it's the energy, the use of the energy in those tools. We didn't even touch on punishment versus... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think a simple explanation of why we use training sticks is we use them as... We kind of use them as adjectives, right? And yes. you already touched on this, so... Yeah, but we, I we, do we that... Give, we give a cue. Yeah, which is actually... Yeah, you could say ad- adjectives, but precisely probably a, we give the cue, which is a verb. Yep. Saying what to do, right? Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's an action word, so a verb, and then the stick is, becomes an adverb. Yeah, which is to say with how much energy we want them to do the thing. Yeah, and they're very good once, especially when you build a relationship of trust and they're confident with the energy... They're very good at mirroring energy, Mm -hmm. just like, excuse me, just like an orchestra will pick up on the energy of the conductor's baton and match that energy, right? Yep. And so in context, it all makes sense Mm -hmm. and there's no fear involved. Right. And also, (laughs) the reason there's no fear involved is because we're not punishing our horses with the stick and the criticism, I think that the criticism that we've received, which has only been, why do you use a training stick? Yeah, but um, we see it a lot. We see We, it critis- we do, but, but that criticism... Um, I mean, towards others, we see it. Right. That criticism exists because an assumption is being made that we are punishing our horses with the training stick, yes. which is a completely false assumption. Yeah, they um, say they equate the tool with as a punisher, yep. not as a descriptor. Yep. And I, I think there's, you know, an assumption based on familiarity. Like everybody is familiar with a circus mm-hmm. or pictures of the circus where you see a lion tamer mm-hmm. and a whip. And of course, that brings this picture to your mind. So then if you see any person with a stick that resembles a whip, or maybe it is, is an actual whip, standing in front of an animal or interacting with an animal, the assumption is drawn that it's being used in the same way it was used in the circus. Yeah. With a predator. Right. And that is not to say that doesn't happen, but you can't judge just because the interaction somebody, just because that exists. Yeah, just because somebody's using a stick doesn't mean that they're using it as a punisher. Now, yeah. I'm sure that there are people that use training sticks or whips, whatever we're calling it, um, as punishers, um, but that is not how we're using them. Yeah, I mean, you look, you, 
you got to look at the context. What is the scene? Like you, okay, let's paint a scene with uh, someone holding a baseball bat. Right. <laughs> if you if you see someone holding a baseball bat, you don't automatically fear the outcome of that. Yeah. You got to look at the context. If if there's people in stands cheering, <laughs> you might want to grab a seat and some popcorn. Yep. If you're walking down a dark alley, you might want to turn and go the other way. <laughs> so, context is everything. Context is everything, yep. And use is everything. The yeah. how. Yeah. The how and the why. Yeah, it, but, you know, human nature is just so prone to these fallacies that, you yeah. know, guilty by association. You're yeah. carrying a whip, you're guilty yep. of beating something. So, and... And the other thing is, is because we use that as energy. So here's an example. Here's an example where someone misread the scenario and they never did stick around to have a conversation, which I would have loved. But I was training a technique we call hip to me. Mm -hmm. And someone and their daughter was boarding at the same facility I was training working with this horse and the owner of the horse was right with me and probably the prerequisites should have been built up more so the horse was more confident but I, I did not make any contact with the horse I gave the cue and I raised the stick and started waving the stick at enough energy that the horse went from a passive state to searching for an answer and the idea is that when they search the right direction they'll the energy goes away and that's why it's pressing, pressing the save button. Well, the horse's first response was to rear up when the energy of the stick started to move. Um, and that's with no contact. So the horse wasn't being beaten. But the horse was standing between the observer and the stick. So the, the observer couldn't tell that the stick never was touching the horse. They just saw the stick went up in the air and they saw the horse rear. Mm -hmm. And they automatically thought I was beating the horse. And this was from a distance. So they, they come and approach me and her first question was, is that how you start a horse? And I was, and she was, she was clearly upset and I was confused. And the owner standing next to me was confused. Like, huh, we're not starting a horse. <laughs> but. I was like, what? And she said, is that how you start a horse? You beat them. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not starting a horse and nor am I beating them. And she said, well, it sure looked like it. And she turned around and walked away with her daughter. Yep. And I wanted her to stick around and have a conversation because I thought this was a good opportunity for everybody. And, um, it would have been a good uh, conversation about starting points. And when you, when you see if the horse is too anxious, that maybe it's time to find a different starting point. Mm -hmm. um, and also that just because you see a horse respond to energy in a, in, a, in a way maybe you didn't predict, maybe it was, um, you know, whether it's a bolt or a buck, just because they are triggered doesn't mean the thing that triggered them was being cruel. Right. It just means they were sensitive 
and had a strong emotion about it. Mm -hmm. And so if it wasn't cruel and it's a compassionate starting point, you'll be able to, and they weren't, and they weren't so much in panic, that, that they weren't in a panic state, you'll be able to quickly build confidence in them just by pressing the save button at the right time. Right. So it's, it was, and it was one of those instances. I think, I think the idea of punishment is so ingrained in the horse world with the use of tools. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's not unfounded. No, there are indeed some very cruel horsemen and women and I out think, there. I think over the years, even though I haven't been in it in a long time, I've heard enough stories that some of that was more prominent a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like there's been a progression towards compassion as, as we go along with horses. and There's definitely more awareness of methods that are available for training that are not cruel and do not rely on force and punishment. I'm sure there are still trainers out there who train that way. Oh, there are. We, um, we hear about it and see, yep. especially with people having cameras and videos on their phones. But there is at least an awareness now that the, if the horse has an owner that is different from the trainer, that the owners are hopefully more aware that there are other options available. I think a lot of times there's a, a line drawn that doesn't have to be drawn, especially between like if a training technique is using treats or if a training technique is using other tools, that the kind training is the one that's using the treats and the cruel training is the one that's using the tools. Yeah. Um, you can use both. Um, it, you can use other forms of what we've called additive, additive or positive reinforcement. Yeah. Well, yeah, what we're calling additive reinforcement. I think we talked about that in another podcast, mm -hmm. but anyway, it, it doesn't just have to be treats. It can be praise and all that. That should be included, certainly not excluded, but anyone who's drawing, like creating like an us versus them is really missing out on effective and compassionate training mm -hmm. because we can, you can use both we and we do we use both positive and negative or additive and subtractive reinforcement quite effectively as do many trainers yeah but they the negative or subtractive reinforcement has been such so mischaracter mischaracterized as punishment and right it isn't I mean, yeah uh, tools can be used as punishment for sure, and you won't see treats being used as punishment. So I, I get the tendency to view it why that, way. that happens, but I don't like the tendency of people to create this us versus them mentality. It really is nice when you can see the compassionate ways to use all the things and be far more efficient and the horses will love you more for it. Mm -hmm. They respond more. They respond better because of the compassionate use of things. Mm -hmm. so. And building that relationship with them and what yeah. tools you use in that process really are relevant only to how you're using them. Yeah. 
not that you're using them. Yeah. I mean, Matt, you're, you brought up the example of the conductor with the baton. I can just picture a conductor walking out on stage for a concert and he raises his baton and all the orchestra members fleeing the fleeing the stage <laughs> in fear, screaming, ah, you brought out the, the whip. <laughs> uh, it makes for a good cartoon, a little <laughs> far side cartoon. Oh no, the stick. <laughs> anyway, I, I think this is a good topic and it probably will, a lot of people will be able to relate to it. Maybe some people will see things differently, mm -hmm. but the ones who have not been cruel with the use of tools, we'll maybe appreciate the clarification. The clarification and definitely relate on that end. Well, looks like the fog cleared up. It is a beautiful sunny now day now. Now it's sunny <laughs> and yeah, beautiful. I don't think it gets any better than this. Okay, well. Thank you. It was a good. Good conversation. Yeah, good conversation again. So till next time. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Hoofbeats on Main Street podcast. If you would like to submit questions or short videos for review, our email is hoofbeatsonmainstreet at gmail.com. This podcast is a product of Care for Horses Foundation. You can find Care for Horses Foundation on Facebook and at careforhorsesfoundation.org.